Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Plus minus. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit. Plus minus. That is a word right there. <laughs> What'd you say? Plus minus. Yeah, like, like you, Marcus Thompson. Marcus always tell the truth. Plus minus. The only thing that I would say to Ethan Strauss is that he's a pretty damn good reporter. Um, he's well plus respected. Minus. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome back to a finally edition of the, uh, I don't know, Warriors Plus Minus podcast. It's been a while. I don't know that we did the show anymore. I thought it was over. I thought it was, it was full-time hiatus. We're back, though. We're back. I hopped in and did a, did somewhat of a draft preview just to fill the feed about a week or two ago. But now I got my real draft experts in here. Oh, God. Tim Kawakami, <laughs> Ethan Strauss. Who, Ethan, can you name That's a prospect the in this expert, draft? To quote... The great Charles Barkley, uh, God's the only expert, Kenny. God's the only expert. <laughs> okay, I know me and Tim did it, the TK show and, and talk prospects. I know Marcus has been into some of the draft stuff. Where are you guys at on this draft? How studied are you? But we're about a week out or what, eight days, nine days out of this thing. It's funny. I've got a lot of knowledge of top five guys, but I feel like I'm so weak on... Maybe some of the first guys the Warriors might pick uh, beyond Scotty Barnes because he was on the radar and Kuminga was on the radar. But a lot of the dudes in the Warriors tranche, if we're going to call it that, I feel <laughs> like tranche, just like the mortgage-backed <laughs> securities to 2008. Remember everybody was talking about tranches? Hopefully it will go better for the Warriors than it did for financial institutions back then. But I feel Which like... they'll I'm, get bailed out, so it's all good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be, that would be great. I feel like I... I'm not at the level I want to be, so I'm just like the listeners right now. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend. I'm just gonna absorb your knowledge and then come up with takes based on your takes and act like I'm smart. How much of that, Ethan, is KHSD post Killian Hayes? Killian Hayes, disorder. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is, it is. Oh, I'm traumatized. I am traumatized by it. You know, throw Mello into that too. Throw oh yeah, mellow. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I I think I had the good thing about me in that draft analysis back then is we had so much time that I think that I had a take for and against my take just to fill all the time as we were trying to get blood from a stone. So I think that's part of it. I think I, my takeaway is you have to know you have to know what you're good at. You have to know what you're not so good at. And as much as I like the draft and I like reading about it, I was going based on stats. I was. I was using that as my kind of quick and dirty way and what i'm realizing is and we might have some theories about why it is it just seems like it's old school you need the scout sensibility you need to be nate duncan and have those really granular observations and understanding of how a guy goes from one level to the next and i think that the stats failed me and i ultimately had that takeaway and i just also had that takeaway of Man, if I had to be a scout and make my money that way, I would uh, I would be out on the street. It would not go so well for me. 
One thing I do miss, though, is I like layering over people's opinions year after year because I know you can kind of sense what people like. If somebody I read likes something one year and he likes something else, I can kind of feel like what that where that's leading me on value and I can evaluate that with a baseline. Like if you had told me something about somebody this year and I go, okay, he liked, you know, wise men this much and ball this much and, uh, you know, Abdesia and all that. I wish he had done more, Ethan. I'll put it that way. I have no control over anything you write anymore. I used to, but I don't. But I like that because you put so much analysis into it. I understand what you're saying now. But I kind of like, like, I understand who some people like. I kind of get who Chad Ford likes, what kind of player. I kind of get who Sam Bassini likes, you know, and Hollinger. I, you know, God, and, and the thing is, like, I almost agree with Hollinger 100% of the time. It's like, is that scary? Is that bad? That's interesting. Like, it is a reflection of what you're into, like what kind of players you're into, what your theory of how the league is going, and do you think big men are coming back, or do you think that they're on the way out? You know, all those are reflected in What kind of big man? What kind of wing? And he's the one who convinced me early on that Scotty Barnes was going to go ahead of Kaminga. And I read what he said. I looked at it. I go, yes, absolutely. I completely agree. In fact, I wrote it and had someone disagree with me and wanted me to change it, and I disagreed vehemently with that, and we kept it. And I don't think there's a doubt. Well, I mean, there's doubts. Who knows? It just takes one team. But I think Scotty Barnes is now generally listed higher than Jonathan Kaminga. In fact, it's 50-50 that Kaminga is going to be there for the Warriors at seven. The real question is, is Jonathan Kaminga going to go after Scotty, Scotty Barnes because you guys are right? Or because you said it? And now you've shaped the whole process like <laughs> I've, a butterfly. I've, I've, shaped, I've shaped the process. I shaped the process. Well, Hollinger, Hollinger, right? Yeah. The Orlando Magic wanted Jonathan Kaminga, but they saw Tim Kawakami said, I don't know. I don't think so. Scotty Barnes, here he comes. That's like the Skip Bayless transition of, I thought I was going to take Jonathan Kaminga. And then I saw... Didn't Colin Cowherd shape who the four nines are going to take, right? That, that's what ha- that Facts. happened. Yep, that's yep. exactly what happened. <laughs> the swing pick is six in this draft. It's the Thunder, who uh, I think we all know. I definitely know that they're secretive with this stuff. And if we assume Barnes is five and Kaminga's sitting there at six, Sam Presti was in the G League bubble the entire time. He has all the intel you could want on Kaminga. The intel, apparently, you know, from the an outsider perspective doesn't sound like it was great. There's a chance I think he goes book night. There's a chance I think he goes something random. He could go big. He could go big guy there. Yeah, he could Sangoon. You know, we're talking about the Turkish League MVP. I could see Sam pulling the trigger on something oh, like that. Good mixtape. So let's say Kaminga is there at seven, um, and let's say a you know that would obviously boost the Warriors' trade value. But let's say a, the trade doesn't materialize that they like. Would you guys pick Jonathan Kaminga seventh? MT. I'd trade down. <laughs> I'd wow. say I just said the <laughs> trade that you like didn't materialize. I, why do I have to like it? it? Yeah, why do I have to like the trade now? So you're just saying here, give me nine. You can have seven. You you don't need to give me anything else. A, yeah, a 2028 20, second now, round. Now, hey, sure. this I have a question. I should know this, but to be determined we, later. If you don't make your pick in time, do you just lose it? What you happens? Pa- no, you pass, and then you, you get the, then you can you can get back in line. So then, if you pass at seven, and then eight can pick, the nine can pick, ten can pick, you got to jump into line. If you pass, Marcus would just let the clock run out and then decide yeah, pass. when do I want to do this? <laughs> That's like something that would happen in the Kevin Costner movie draft day. This yeah, is exactly supposedly genius measure. I'm going to Thompson, pass. give me the card, Thompson. <laughs> and I wait till the last second and then I'm like, oh, my watch is slow. Oops. My <laughs> fault. Uh, 
it'd be a tough decision for the Warriors because he's would be clearly the most talented player, I think. You know, he's top five talent probably, and you're sitting there at seven and you just want to infuse talent and the guy is you know, projects to be something close to an all-star, but not this season, maybe not even next season. That's out of their timeline, could piss off their veterans. But then again, you look at Wiseman and Kaminga, that's not a terrible way to start a new era. Like, that is not a terrible way. And you throw Jordan Poole in there, and maybe you hope you get your solid guy at 14. Yeah, that's what you do. You take him at 7, and you hope 14 ends up Chris happening. Chris Duarte. And you can all, yeah, yes, absolutely, right? And, and... What it would do is it would put more pressure on the vet that you can sign, right? Or what you do if you do anything with Ubre. Like, you kind of have to nail those if you have Kaminga because that's just one spot where you're like, all right, this is basically a draft and stash on our roster. So that's the big issue. But I do think even if he's not giving you the trade you want on draft day, he's still a piece that will that you could use later or – you just got to nail the other three spots, other three roster spots you add. You just got to nail them and not bank on a guy who might not be do, ready. Do you, do you guys feel this way where I have no idea which guy is actually going to be better than the other? But Scotty, Absolutely not. I know exactly who. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let me... Yeah, and the Orlando so Magic is waiting <laughs> for you to tell them. <laughs> but Scotty Barnes, if they pick him, I'm excited. I'm intrigued. There's something a little different about him. He could be this prototypical guy. I don't know if he becomes that, but I'm very excited in a way if they draft Kaminga. It's, well, he's an athletic kind of big wing. I mean, do you guys feel that way as well? This is how I feel. Scotty Barnes defends at an NBA level tomorrow. Scotty Barnes could be plugged into a rotation, and man, there would be some some awkward moments with him and Draymond Green, hot potato in the ball at times, and, and there are offensive concerns with Scotty Barnes, but he could be part of like just this switchy defense that could just terrorize, I think, as a 19, 20-year-old. Jonathan Kaminga needs shots, needs touches. They're going to be super inefficient in his first couple of years. He's the type of player that every minute he's in the rotation next season – you know, Steph Curry's eye rolling, like, oh my God, like, you know, he's, he's trying to get back to his 19 footer. Like we really got to do this again. So he would basically have to be in Santa Cruz. And then like Marcus was talking about, you would have to construct the roster around the idea that, that roster spot 14, 15 are two projects with Wiseman, Kaminga. And what their big problem last year is, you know, they obviously had Wiseman, but they also had the Smiley Geach spot, you know, Mulder, Clay Thompson's yeah, spot, Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson spot, yeah. Mulder, you know, some of that. And, and, and that's, they need to go in this year and suddenly Mulder becomes Tomb. Bazemore can maybe stay Bazemore. Damian Lee becomes, you know, whoever. Don't forget about Allen. Allen becomes Kaminga. You want to know yeah, what the yeah. truth yeah. is? Yes, Allen becomes <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kaminga. Yeah, and absolutely. you feel a lot better absolutely. about that, right? You absolutely. Feel a little bit better. When did he become Allen, by the way? He's, he's smiling. He's smiling. He's smiling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, keep the, they pick up Irison somewhere in there. Is it Smiley Geach or Smiley Geach? Is he going to have a career turnaround if we start calling him Al? <laughs> Al Smiley. <laughs> Big L. There's a rapper named like Al that, Smiley man. somewhere. That's not terrible. I said, if the Myers front office is doing it, and I'm sure this is what they do, they've got a pretty good idea who they can get with, with that luxury tax mid-level. A tax, you know, what, at $5 million, $5.9 million. If they have a pretty good idea, they can get a solid wing with that number. Uh, they have a way to plug in a sure rotation player, then I think that makes Kamingo a lot easier to take at seven. And I think you probably do take him at seven. If they do not have a line on that, if they're looking at, you know, you know, stray pieces there who may or may not help them, if it's Brad Wanamaker 2.0 or whoever the hell else, 
then I think they, they got to look at maybe passing on Kaminga. And I, I don't think they want to. Yeah, I don't yeah, think they want to. But you can't come out of this without two people you can play on the wing, I think. And they have three pieces. They have the seven, they have the 14, and they have the, the, the mid-level. Chris and Duarte if you take, can play yeah, on the yeah, wing. Yeah, Duarte yeah, can yeah. play on the wing. He's ready to yeah. play yesterday, baby. Yeah, Kaminga yeah, Duarte <laughs> would not be a terrible way to come out of this. It really, I mean, you could think of other ways that can make him better immediately. But if you go Kaminga and know you're going to end up with Duarte at 14, that is not a terrible way to come out of this. But look, here's here's the question I have. Um, Kaminga at seven is probably like almost unanimously the best talent available, right? Best ceiling. But what if they love Moody? Do they take? And we, we, I mean, we know where they stand on Moody, right? Like, do they take the guy that they love? They like, yeah. Do they take the guy they really like and who think they can play now? Or do you go with the best value, highest upside? Like, that, to me, might end up being a tough decision because they might take the guy they like and he won't have Kuminga ceiling. The one thing I will say that I think is good for them is that they're having at least now two weeks to decide on this because this isn't a draft night. Oh my God, Kamingas might fall to us. Like you kind of know now it might happen. So, you know, they're not going to get Kaminga in the facility because if you're Jonathan Kaminga, you're not going to want to be seen working out for the seventh pick because at, at this point you still think you're top five, but they can do all the due diligence they want. They played against them in the bubble. I know, you know, actually I know Myers went down to the bubble. Like, I don't know right now what exactly they think on Kaminga. And the last time I talked to somebody, there's still skepticism that Kaminga would even be there for them. But they need to prepare for that idea. And included in that, they need to survey the league and go, hey, if Kaminga's there, what do you think about our trade package now? Kaminga, Wiseman, 14. Yeah, it's a decent pick. That's what's probably happening now. I mean, that's like, I'm sure teams in, in the bathroom are interested in Kaminga are looking at, okay, where do we need to get to? And it's five, six, seven. And, and, and it definitely includes seven. I mean, does Moses Moody play this season? Like, is he in the rotation? I think there's a chance. Uh, he has a very, like, patient, mature game. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've said kind of like a little bit more sped up Kyle Anderson. I think that shot is going to translate. I think, I think he'll be Yeah, able it to looks good. Shots. You know, he only... Sh- Here's a little suspicion I have is they put him in front of a microphone. They put other guys in front of my big workout. This is who we're everybody. This is who we're looking at. And another day, his, everybody, his, why don't we, we'll get you. We'll put him in front of the microphone and let's sneak James Book Knight in for a little secret workout. See, that that, that makes me, you know, and, and Slater and I, and Slater and I, I talked about this last week. I just want y'all to know I'm big yeah. on Book Knight. After TK, yeah. TK, you got me on the Book Knight. <laughs> so I want to talk about Book Knight in a second. I, I'm not, I, I don't have a full explanation on this Book Knight situation. It was clearly like this it was kind of secretive workout, but it could have been from the Book Knight side. It could have been from the, like, I, it, it's weird. That's normally happens that the agent wants to get him in the discussion. He wants to get him like being talked about at seven, which which makes it even if the Warriors pass on him at seven, makes eight, nine, you know, much more likely. Makes maybe six more likely. So I think six is possible with the Thunder and Book Knight. And I I do think there's maybe some type of tug of war down there in that range. And and he, he's clearly in the mix. I mean, the thing with Book, I mean, you mentioned like could Moody play or not next season. I think Moody's got a way better argument to play next season than Book Knight does. Because, you know, you talk about what Kaminga needs with like, you know, pick and roll touches and shots and whatever. Do you know what James Book Knight's assist to turnover was last year? <laughs> yeah, well, good. Yeah. He's, 92 he's turnovers guy. and like 63 yeah. assists. Yeah, he's not that guy. He's, he's, he is, he doesn't even project to really to be a starter. He projects a guy. Who what did Ethan tell you about the stats, man? Be careful yeah, about the stats. <laughs> <laughs> Those stats burn you. They'll burn you. 
if I had to guess if anyone projected in the 7 to 14 range who five years from now will be the best scorer, I think it's James Booknight. So maybe that's your argument. But I think the same argument that we're having with Kaminga, like you're drafting him as a project, that's what you'd have to do with Booknight. Because Steph Curry and Draymond Green do not want him out there like getting to his 19-footer you know, five times a game next season. He could do that in Santa Cruz, and maybe they're fine if he's doing that in Santa Cruz and Rudy Gay is, is playing rotation minutes. But James Booknight is not a next season pick. I'm just saying I'm always gassed by these highlight videos. I'm just saying his spot up three looks really good. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I saw I saw I saw the, the highlights. I saw the I the got a question combine. for you. Have you at because I've watched some scouting stuff where they go through his lowlights, we'll say. Have you seen some of the uh, well, why would you watch lowlights during why would you watch lowlights? <laughs> yeah, what is that? That's the, that's why depressing. That? Yeah. We did everyone, a pandemic. everyone looks You're watching like a lowlights? number one pick. <laughs> I'm like Franz Wagner might win defensive player of the year next year. Like why are they not picking him? <laughs> Oh, hey, so good. Ethan, I got a question for you though. Uh, I know you probably have a, an idea of some of the players who Steve Kerr likes. What kind of voice does he have in the room? He's uh, not in the room. He's not even going to be in the room. He's not he's in the be room, in but, but will his voice be there? I think he has a far bigger voice than he wants to be known to ha- to have. Because whenever we talk to him, and he said this in the interview. Did he say this in the interview with uh, Slater recently? But yeah, he did in the interview with Slater where he was saying, I've got the Olympic commitments and so I- I'm not as involved, but he likes to get in the mix. He likes to be involved. That's he just cover, in- right? He's just yeah. saying that like, yeah. <laughs> he was in Chicago. He was in Chicago. Former GM, all those things. Yeah, watching but he also, prospects. It's, it's also not his decision. I mean, I think that's one cover he does have. It really is not his decision. It's Bob Myers' decision. Particularly but, this year. It's, it's not, not his decision, but would they have traded Clay Thompson for Kevin Love if not for Steve Kerr? You know, uh, I think there was voice, there was a, there was a there was a legendary white haired guy, yeah, who but, might have had a say in that also. <laughs> I agree there was, but to get, you know, there's an inner, there's an inner sanctum, right? There is a, a citadel of decision makers. And I think that Steve Kerr is in that citadel. Well, I, I mean, he's, he's got to a- he's got to work with the players. I mean, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, Slater, you know this, right? It might come down to a player Steve absolutely loves in the front office absolutely love like and which one do they take and one you could probably get at 14 that's the really true I, I don't want to get di- too digressing much but that, that that Moses Moody shot looks good, good <laughs> I told you that's a good Ethan's looking at, oh now we got Ethan looking at this is the no, first no, time I saw Ethan before. has seen Moses no no no, no 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 all kidding aside I've watched I've watched a lot of Moody but I'm just watching again and it's a it's so funny because it's the it's a highlight video and it says strengths on it as a label it's like no no we're not doing that Slater stuff we're watching all strengths Right Slater now. is Googling weakness. <laughs> and this Turnovers. Is my... <laughs> it's pretty good to know, boys. Pretty good to know. My non-stats take, because we're trying to go against the stats after the failure of stats last, last draft. It's just, it's hard to see that shot and go, oh, he's going to come up to the NBA and he's going to just start missing and not be able to. Like, that is a perfect, no-wasted motion shot right there from moody and that is something that they have needed so that's very intriguing i'll say that much in game three at chase center moody's going to completely float out of the game he's going to get his shot blocked three times at the rim and you three are going to go what the hell is this i never saw this <laughs> in college why is what he suddenly just missing well, at the rim all the time and like you know he he has no creative finishes what's going on we're gonna say why is he shooting at the rim do you see that shot and how pretty it is <laughs> here's what i'm saying nobody that the warriors put in front of the zoom camera as a draft prospect is who they're taking. I'm going to say that right now. I, I don't think they're going to do that. 
Then they put him in front of the, in front of the camera. I just don't think maybe they're, they're they gonna, should. They're, 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 yeah, they're, they're, and maybe they <laughs> should double trick me by doing it exactly because they didn't now plan to do it. If you it. didn't yeah. make it into the Zoom <laughs> exactly. camera, that means you eliminated. Yeah, yeah I, I just I don't trust that. I don't trust that. Here's exactly who I we're talked gonna, to. Chris we're Duarte at. the other day, and I'm not sure he's not in the mix at 14. There you go. Bad. There you go. I, 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 I'm suspicious of when they say, "Here's all our draft prospects. Why don't you take a look at all of them?" And that's exactly who. We're, no, that's not how this is going to work i'm sending the clip to marcus right now because it's just it's like a good screensaver these moody jumpers it's just a good it's just a good i'm telling you this. man that thing will translate dude you just want eric musselman back part of the uh, warriors uh, franchise That's you coach must let's go <laughs> what's the straights tell me about tell me about his straights i only want to hear about his straights must come on Ethan's not even watching his threes. Ethan's watching his free throws. He's like eighty-one percent of the line. There's the indicator. <laughs> it is. Hey, no, no, no. You know, I used to be. I used to be somebody who would tell you that the college free throw shooting translates to the pro shooting ability, but I'm off those stats, so I won't say that. I don't. I don't make judgments on the basis of that anymore. Then let me ask you, Davion Mitchell shot 45% from three last season. Moses Mooney's in like 36 or something like that. Davion Mitchell free throw percentage is not that good, but Davion Mitchell was striping threes all last season. Every kind of three you want. Off the dribble, he's in the 40%. Catch and shoot, 40% relocation type stuff. If you believe in the Davion Mitchell shot, and I'm not saying you do, but if you do, should he not be the pick? Listen, Davion Mitchell is going to be the toughest call, I think, in this draft. I mean, there is zero question this dude can play. Like, he can play. Like, you watch him, he can play. I watched that whole championship game again uh, against Jalen Suggs. He's the best player on the floor. You want to know what other game? Go two games earlier, Elite Eight. Watch him play against Moses Moody in Arkansas and tell him he's the best player on the floor. (laughs) That dude can play. So now you get into the draft like the value or the player you love, man, I, I bet there are teams hoping the Warriors take Davion at seven and make somebody fall. This is a no stats, no stats podcast. So with Mitchell, it seemed to me that a lot of it was that, that off the dribble three, it kind of was a little Kemba-esque with how he took that. And is, is that the sort of shot you want him taking? Um, is that the shot that they, they're going to have him take? Because with Moody, it seems much more traditional, much more traditional off guard. Yeah, like role player, like like Mikel Bridges, basically. I think it's a si- it's a size problem with Mitchell too. That's like you know six feet tall without shoes. That's tough. I mean, again, yeah, he can six guard. One. Give him credit. Six he... one and two and point two five. Without shoes, I thought it, yeah, six. No, I thought six zero zero. Okay. Kerr's not going to want that. I'll, I'll say that much. Not a lot of wingspan. You know, it's just going to be tough to say, okay, yeah, he can guard Lillard. He can guard a few others, but he he's not going to be guarding the bigger twos and certainly not threes. That's what makes it tricky for me. I think if it's Kaminga or Mitchell, I don't think it's a question. I take Kaminga. Kaminga's not there. If it's if it's Mitchell or Booknight, you know, then you get into a question of what you, what you really like or Moody. You know, and that it becomes maybe you just take the bigger player. Maybe you just go with the more versatile, you know, switchable player. According to sources, I might have spoken too soon on saying Kerr wouldn't love that. I was stereotyping, so I, I, I strike that wouldn't wouldn't love uh, wouldn't love Mitchell. So I will I will strike that. Oh, for yeah. the record. Yeah, yeah. You just get a text like, yeah. from Tokyo. He's listening to the feed here. <laughs> 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 to me, I think Davion Mitchell will not be the best player five years from now, from seven to fourteen. But I do think Davion Mitchell is the best player for next season's team. I think he's the guy that that. 
I would feel most comfortable about saying there's a playoff game and he has a role in the playoff game. His role is going to be if they're playing Portland in a playoff series, like Damian Lillard is going to get a stint of Davion Mitchell picking him up full court and like kind of pissing him off, you know, like, like in his, you know, when like Damian Lillard passes away, cause he's like, man, I'm not trying to dribble up and like have to be turned five times to get into our offense right now because Davion Mitchell just has endless energy. He's a workhorse. He has that Draymond Green type mentality and he's going to be out there. Tim Kawakami will love having to watch this on a, on a regular basis. He's probably going to take a charge or two that like really piss the scorer off and if it's Patrick Beverly with a bit more of an offensive game like that helps them a lot more next season than I think some of these raw wings but at the same time they shouldn't only be worried about 2021 2022 if Moses Moody's going to be the far superior player or whoever for book night let's say three years from now should they just draft because Draymond Green wants a point of attack you know pit bull next season Here's a question. I mean, of those three, who do you think is? We you know we know Kaminga would go eight if he doesn't go seven, but of the three, Moody, Mitchell, Booknight, who's most likely to be there at fourteen? I think it's Mitchell. I think I Mitchell think might Mitchell. go to yeah. Four, yeah might think, go to. You 14. know, I actually talked so. to Vicini about this, and he thinks it's actually Moody, which surprised me. He uh, like the the weird thing is seven through fourteen. There are some like Mitchell. I guess skeptics. I, I have heard the the thought that the Hornets, I think, are at eleven. I think, um, are interested in potentially pairing Mitchell with Lamelo moving forward as kind of like the defensive tandem next to Lamelo, kind of take take some of that load That's off. Super so. interesting. Yeah, I, you know, I don't. Know. It just seems that that would run against. I'm not saying that's inaccurate. It's probably accurate. I I don't know what these teams are going to take, but it seems like the wings who shoot just keep punching above their weight. That these guys who are either undrafted or drafted late, who are shooters, and we discount them, they keep turning out to be good draft picks. So it's interesting to me that a Moody would slip. I know he's not the size of a Cameron Johnson, but that was a guy everybody was killing the Suns for that pick because he was just a shooter and now that seems like a pretty good pick so um and he's been probably a bunch of, yeah he's athletic he's at long athletic that's a that's a classic just, NBA and he hits every player. time he has a big three he's hitting it which you know you never know with guys like that too right remember like Michael Mulder last season it was like you know they're up <laughs> they're up you know 10 and they'll like late in the fourth it's like oh he just bang bang three three and then it's like oh big three hand miss yes so. yes no question. and you don't so know it, it just seems like shooting is still underrated for whatever reason or has been and it also seems like it's not going to be that way for long. So that's one of the reasons why I'd be surprised if uh, if a Moody or just shooters in general slip. I think the guys who slip are probably going to be the guys who maybe don't have as good a shot. Let me ask you, though, about Mitchell, because I, I, I do think he's viewed as like he's some non-shooter. And like he really did shoot 45% from three last season. Like, how do we view that? Because... Anthony, I keep telling you, not with a stat. You got to give me the anti-Billy Bean old crusty scout and money ball you got to tell me about it talk about his girlfriend talk about his friends <laughs> his confidence i talked to the Baylor Bears, assistant coaches and they say this guy's an absolute workhorse he's first on the court he's last off of it he's a practice warrior that's the guy leader i want a little kevin costner did his teammate show up to his birthday i want i want to know that this is information that's very valuable so if you i have me a that, feeling davion mitchell's teammates uh enjoy davion mitchell yeah i think he's too short to take it seven i'm saying it right now i think he's too short to take it seven i by the way one thing i'm concluding from just the discussion since we're just throwing all these names together and we're not sure on any of them if the warriors wanted to trade seven i don't know that there's a lot of value in it just because like, who do you take at 7? You could take at 8, you could take at 9, you could take at 10, you could take at 11. I mean, do you guys think that there is, like, 
It, it depends it, on who falls. Kaminga. Yeah, unless yeah, it's Kaminga. It yeah, unless falls. it's Kaminga. But like, if someone's gonna go, man, I gotta, I gotta give you a veteran and a, and a and a pick to try to move up to draft Moses Moody. I don't see that. I don't see that happening. There isn't that kind of liftoff player. It definitely feels like a fantasy football draft where there are just a bunch of guys at nearly equal value right there, and nobody's trying to trying to move up. And you're kind of happy where you are. You fall in love with who you fall in love with. I I think that. I think what we're taking from it is, and though we can never predict what will happen, it feels like a deep draft. It feels like a draft that might not necessarily be headlined by a generational, uh, a, a group of generational can't miss superstars. And I will say that Cunningham, Slater's talked me out of just booking him as a, as a superstar. He's talked me out of it with his Cunningham takes. Um, and maybe you can get into that. I'm actually a little bit more down on the top of the draft than I think most people are. I, I don't see like just absolute guaranteed franchise changers up there. Now, I think two of the four top four probably will. I think Jay, I think Jalen Suggs has somewhat of like a lower ceiling. Like maybe he makes a few All Star games. I think he's gonna be a great player in the NBA, but I don't see superstar there. Mobley, we'll see. Toolsy and and intriguing, definitely sees the game, but I don't see Joel Embiid or like you know Nikola Jokic necessarily. Coming this is huge, by the way. Like Slater, like tanking the draft stock of a fellow cowboy. Like this is this. <laughs> well, is he disappointed him. He He's hoping he goes him. back in. He goes back to Oklahoma State for another year. Yeah, pull your name out of the draft. One more year with the Cowboys. He kind of floated in and out of focus a little bit, and you know his two point percentage is very bad. He like never really got to the rim. It was always like and, like the shot is smooth. He's gonna hit threes. Like don't get me wrong. I it's a guarantee he's going to be a good NBA player. I'm not sure. I see like just like. Would you take superstar. Mobley? Would you take Mobley ahead of him? Would I? Uh, not really, because I'm not like that huge on Mobley necessarily. What do you think about Green? It sounds like Green is most likely to go to. That is an interesting. That's the high variance, and also interesting because there is a Steph connection. There is a Brandon Payne connection. They have worked together. He has so much talent, and you watch you watch some of his old games, and he like floats. He's just so so skilled, and yet you. You just hear things. You hear, you know, maturity this, and you don't necessarily... I talked to Brian Shaw about him for a while, and it wasn't like he was trying to sell me on him becoming the next generational great. Did you talk to Brian Shaw pre or post bubble? Kind of right at the beginning. Okay. It seems to me like by the end of the bubble, Brian Shaw and their G League team was really impressed with what Green had done and how he'd matured and and improved over that time, and it was almost the opposite with Kaminga. That's Interesting. just what it like to me. I think Jalen Green is, is equivalent to, to Anthony Edwards. That's what I think. And it's like that explosion offense. Like you may probably can't run your offense to get him stuff. He just just he's one of those guys who just go take it. Take it. And and then you hope he picks up everything else along the way. But just a natural NBA talent that you're gonna have to harness in some way. And that's a really that's why he's gonna go two or three, probably two. And, you know, I completely see that. If I had to bet on who's going to be the best player in five years, I, I'd bet on him. Like, I, I think I said it with Anthony Edwards. Like he's a guy who's going to get, I would most likely see, get a max contract in his career out of last year's draft. Now, you might say LaMelo in there now over him. But just that raw skill. Like, you're going to not, it's unavoidable. That raw skill is unavoidable. And I think Jalen Green's got the most of it in, in this year's draft. But once you get past four, right, that's where everybody's, 
basically the same. You know, it's just depending on what you like. I think the Warriors do have an advantage in this, though. It's like unlike a lot of the teams that they're picking, like certainly Orlando or OKC right in front of them, is they're picking for specific stuff, right? They're not picking to find the next Steph Curry because they got Steph well, Curry. Well, that is the question, though. Do they pick for this next season's team or the next two seasons team? Because if they're picking for that, like I, I think Davion Mitchell should be the pick. If they're not picking for that, then I think Book Knight enters the conversation because of the ceiling. And- All these things are sliding. Yeah, scales. isn't the it's best like, yeah, to yeah. get both right? Like, the- yeah, it you is. Want, it you is. want, you know, if Mitchell is somebody you can see, you know, giving you something this season and being pretty good in three years, yes. But if you if you see him being a fourth guard in three years, like that's his top out, that's not great. It, it just depends on exactly you see him how being he's, a fourth guard even next season. I wouldn't pick. Him. Yeah, maybe. I'm not, yeah. but I'm saying the same thing with, with possibly trading Wiseman. Are they absolutely completely saying we will never trade him? No, they're saying if we trade him, we are going to get value for this guy. We're not trading him on the low, which makes it very difficult for them to trade him because they're not going to get a high value for Wiseman. Well, they're higher on season. him than the league. Seems. Exactly. So how can you trade? But 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 again, if somebody wants him. There's a possibility that they trade them. That's I think the same thing for what they're looking at at seven and fourteen. If they can get a high, high end raw talent, they're going to have to see some idea of, of what he can do this season versus what they see in three years. And it's not going to be all or nothing. It's going to be a blend of that. And I think Mitchell might be a little bit too much of a compromise, in my opinion, just in my opinion, because I don't see him guarding threes and I don't see him getting his own offense. And I think. Again, I don't think Book Knight for sure is that. I think he's a little bit more of that, though, than, than Mitchell is. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I want to get you all on the record quick. Who would, who would you take at seven? If, let's say, the top, Kuminga's not there. The top six go chalk. Who are you taking? I'm going book night. I'm going book night. All chalk. Can I get Barnes? No, Barnes no. is a mo- Barnes is at five. Can I take Kate Cunningham? Yeah, can I get Jalen? Can I get Jalen? So you were saying Scotty Barnes in in most estimations has hopped even Kaminga, and he's considered probably five ish now, and and Kaminga six. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. I could. I, I want some Barnes. I want. I want Jalen Green. I want anybody that I cannot uh, trade for Bradley Beal. <laughs> I might go. I might go Moody. He just watched some Moody three point highlights. He's hype right now. I just want. Shot, I just want shooting. I want shooting. Get Emus on the phone. What if I go Josh Giddy because I'm chasing the Lamelo Dragon? There what you go. They, you know, they went and watched him in Vegas, and he was pretty good. They beat Australia, beat Nigeria. That's why I can see Oklahoma City taking. I can see Oklahoma City taking Josh Giddy. I can really. I feel see like that. if Oklahoma City goes international, they'll go Sengun though. That's just my opinion. So Ethan mentioned the idea of wanting shooting. I had a player I wanted to talk to you guys about. Corey Kispert, who they brought in. To, to me, they kind of brought him in more in like the guys they might draft at 14 range. He was in the workout with Duarte, Zaire Williams. I watched Kispert. I mean, talk about a, the differences between the strengths and the weaknesses side of, of the film tape. You know, obviously, we'd have, he'd get bulldozed in the playoffs defensively. But 
I mean, he can shoot it. So, like, like if you like put his shooting on compared to Moses Moody's, and and your eyes are gonna drift towards Kispert. I mean, it's deep range, it's quick trigger, it's on the move, it's confidence. I can see Steve Kerr being like, let's say, you know, you're in the rotation for 20 minutes. I want in those 20 minutes you to take eight threes, like get him up like relentlessly. And I think he's gonna be a 40 something percent three point shooter in the league, maybe like 41 at, at a pretty high volume. He can move a bit off the ball. He is more athletic than you think, but his defense is not good. What do you think about him maybe at 14, just as a sniper who who's flawed, but he could kind of inject some shooting life? This is what we were talking about before, and I think we talked about it on old podcasts is the way the league has shifted. That kind of player was almost unthinkable to take that early in the recent past, but they just keep punching above their weight, and... Duncan Robinson, guys like that, I think, have helped Kispert move up the board, demonstrating that if you can shoot it well enough, that strength can overwhelm your weaknesses. So if that's the guy at 14, look, I'm not saying that's the guy they should take, but I'm not scoffing at it. I'm not saying what a terrible pick. Oh, I think Kispert would be solid at 14. He's a true senior, right? He's a four-year college player. I know a TV announcer who would really like that. I know a tennis guy, Brad Gilbert, on Twitter is like, every time I tweet something about the draft, he's like, quote tweeting it with like, Kispert is the guy at seven. They should turn in the card now. Yeah, that just, like, I, I like Brad a lot, but just because you see a lot of guys, I see the guy on TV a lot doesn't mean he's better than someone you didn't see on TV. And Kispert was on TV 22 years old, by the way. I mean, he's, he's about Davion Mitchell's age, so. He can shoot twos, too, right? I saw a lot of Gonzaga, so like. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, yeah, he, he know, can put the ball on the offensive ground, highlights. Yeah. He he's not Kerr's offense. I'll just yeah, say he, that. he can he can go find buckets. He'd be a very interesting second team scorer. You put him alongside Wiggins and Jordan Poole and Wiseman. There is a ceiling on him. There's no question. But he's not small. He's like six six, right? Like a true six six wingspan. I don't think he'd get destroyed on defense. I don't think he'd be great. But I I don't think he's worse than you know Jordan Poole or or somebody like that. Fourteen Duarte Joe or. Harris. Yeah, I don't think he's quite as good as Joe Harris. Not quite that good. But in that ballpark, in that range, and I think those guys are valuable. Duarte or Kispert F14. That's that's where I think again, that might not be a great pick if you're, you know, Detroit Pistons or, you know, Orlando Magic or whoever, but for the Warriors, if you have your choice, and I think they probably will have a choice between, you know, or at least one of them there, Duarte or, or Kispert at 14, that's pretty good value at 14. You're, if you're not looking for a starter, if you're not looking for a guy who's got to help lead you into the new era, just can be a really strong component of a good team. One of those guys, I'm real solid with. And you don't care that he's in five years, he's totally topped out, and there's no way he's going to be any better. You got that guy. You got James Wiseman. You, you might have Kaminga. You have two of those guys. You don't need a third Warriors sitting at 14 with a choice of, of probably several of them. Kispert is not a bad way to end up at 14. No way I'd take him at 7, but 14 would be fine with Corey Kispert. Give me Duarte at 14. I don't trust Gonzaga players in the NBA. I just, I just don't. At, uh, come don't on, you Ru- love Jalen Hachimura? Suggs? Hachimura? Come on Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. That's one <laughs> out of how didn't many. did you just say you oh, love Jalen Suggs? Come on. Ronnie Turrioff. Ronnie Turrioff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ronnie Turrioff, uh, Dan Dickow, Adam Morrison. Like, I used to cover them dudes. Blake Stepp. <laughs> I feel the same way about some of those schools in the Big East. I always felt like those guys got overrated by East Coast media, and they didn't do so great, and you'd have your Johnny Flynn. I, I like those theories on these guys from this will don't work out. He's calling yeah, out calling book out book night. night. No book night. 
Hey, hey, the big the biggies ain't been rated like that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know who's in the biggies exactly. anymore. So. <laughs> it's not Chris Mullins biggies. Chris Mullin, Bill Weddington, Walter Berry. <laughs> Kemba started out slow, but he eventually made a career of it, so it's not a you know, it's not a death sentence. But I do like those theories. I like those theories of these guys from this school don't work out, these guys from that school don't work out. I remember John Hollinger was saying that the offense just made guys look so good at Michigan that that might have been a problem for for Jordan Poole or why Jordan Poole might not have worked out. It, Come on, it Nick Stoska kind of rose above all that. All oh, that. yeah. Oh, yeah, that cuts against the shooter theory that was being discussed <laughs> yeah, earlier. Right. Yeah. But Give I like those 24-year-old Chris Duarte who's re- who'll be ready to play. Didn't the guy play, like, junior college ball? Like, he's got some kind of... Oh, yeah, he's got quite a story. You know what I'm saying? Like, give, give me a guy who's been through some stuff. He And he's going to defend. Basically, <laughs> it's a light version of Kispert, but he's going to defend. He's the Quintel Woods of this draft. You know what I'm saying? Like, give me the story. <laughs> Were you on his draft interview, or did you see the video? The I saw the video. I tweeted yeah, yeah. I saw he's the funny. Video. I thought he was funny to talk to. He said he has some pulpo at dinner. <laughs> I think Warriors fans would really like him, and that's uh, he would fit. Who do you Draymond. trust better, TK? Oregon guys or, or Gonzaga guys? Who's the great Oregon, Oregon guys? Like, Bro- Dylan Brooks, you love Dylan yeah, Brooks. Yeah, yeah, I do love. I do love Dylan Brooks. I do love Dylan Brooks. So that's one. That's one. G- give me. Give me Jordan more. Bell. Jordan. Jordan Bell. Bell. Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Chris Boucher. <laughs> yes. Hey, he's turned out. Yeah, to be you a like Chris Boucher. You like Chris he's Boucher. Right. He's, all, he's all right. He's all Come right. Come on, you like. Let me see who these uh, Oregon. I think Duarte would be fine, and he'd fit in. What again with J. Peyton Pritchard? Let's go. Yeah, I was about yeah. to. That's what I was. Pl- yeah. I, I was trying to pull that out of my brain. I was going, "Oh my you god!" You know what they have? They have guys who play like better. Like they they come in on on a low scale and they play above what you expect from them. There's a bit of grit. They play with pace. I like that's what Oregon guys play with pace. I got no. I, I like that coach. I like the way they play. We shall see. You know what? The real school is Boise State because we're overlooking a superstar. Justinian? From Justinian Jessup. Come on. We're just, oh, we're just giving a roster movie. spot over him? Come on. That's like having a 14 pick right, right now. Justinian Jessup. The yeah, I mean, never mind on Moody. They already got their shooter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's going gonna, it's gonna to be. Yeah. It's going to be a really, really intriguing summer league. That's going to be one of the most intriguing summer leagues. I mean, I don't want to say in Warriors history because they've had a few, but in some time. I mean, if Wiseman was playing, it would maybe be in history. He's not, so that makes it a little less. But let me ask the uh, two book night proponents, and even Ethan can can jump in here. Do you at all care about the idea that he is a little bit duplicitous, or whatever, however you say, it, of uh, Jordan Poole Jordan and Poole, the fact yeah, that Jordan yeah. Poole, like he would, like he would. St- slide into a role that Jordan Poole kind of emerged into. The word is I immediately went to what kind of treachery did this guy do at college? <laughs> I, I knew what you uh, meant, Slater. Repetitive. <laughs> there you go. Oh, does yeah, he overlap too meant. much Redundant. Yeah, I knew what you meant. Redundant. There you go. There's the uh, word. Is he, he might treacherous? Be is he treacherous? We don't, we don't know. Yeah. Yes, I think, he, I think he duplicates Jordan Poole. Yes. I envision yes. Jordan Poole's point. Like I think you got to put Jordan Poole the point guard, and I don't think Book Knight is point. So I think Book Knight wa- might want to control the ball a little. I don't know if you watch too many of these UConn. Oh no, no but... question, no question. I think maybe, but that's what. So you I have two know. guys. I, saw, who, I like him. Two guys like, score? I saw this dude down low on a baseline a lot, and he's like baseline one step, putting it in. like you don't see too many guards who are operating from the low posts, like you know. Finding cracks, catching, going up strong, going up strong. I think he can do it. I like his shot. I think he can play off the ball more. But I want to see Jordan Poole 
run point. Like, that's what I want to see. So I just think it's never terrible to have an extra guy who can score. You think Milwaukee wouldn't love to have another guard who can score right now? Like, you just cut him. They're playing freaking Jeff Teague some minutes, and, and they shouldn't because they have nobody else uh, after David, whatever his name is, Dante, uh, got hurt. It's not bad to have more offensive talent and with a little size. And they, they both have size and playmakers and just stuff that the other the defense has to worry about i don't think again i understand he's less of a value because he does a lot of the things ideally that jordan Poole does but i don't think that you know it's not a huge thing and one of them gets hot one game the other one gets hot the next game they maybe if they both get hot that the second unit just completely cooks the other team i don't think it's an issue to have two guys who both can kind of get their own because the warriors did not have enough michael Mulder was not that you know damian lee is not that these guys you know eric pascal is not that they did not have that last season last two seasons if you have a little extra of it not terrible i think i might be wrong about gonzaga Jeez, Sabonis, Kelly Olenek is good. Brandon, I forgot about Brandon Clark. I like Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark is yeah. real talent. Yeah. They Jeez. have so many guys. They make so many. They produce so many guys that, and those things change. I remember Duke would just never produce guys that were up to the billing. But then Ethan you know, would know this too. Isn't Chet Holmgren the projected number one pick going to Gonzaga? Yes, he yeah, is. Gonzaga. I think yeah. so. Well, okay, Gonzaga's so. number one, I think, next season. So they're going to keep funneling these guys through. Now, they're, they're not, like, just nah, that sort of I was nice burned by here, Adam yeah. Morrison and Austin Day <laughs> and these guys who I thought were going to be great. So I'm Austin still feeling Day. like. I thought Austin Day was about to be the truth, man. <laughs> Dan Dickow. Dan Dickow. I covered him. Holmgren seems he like he's on a different different level. I mean, these guys, high school, it's so hard to project, but oh, my God. I don't know. He was, <laughs> he was getting cooked by that women. What's his name? Wimbenyana or the Gosh, French guy? We should probably Ooh. learn how to say his name because it sounds like he's the he's best be prospect hey, yo, in the he world looks right now. Nice. <laughs> he was so nice. I'm all about they that. You know the Warriors need to go ahead and get uh, – Wimbanyama. I, I, I didn't try it. You need to not try it. We no, need I just did it. Wimbanyama. That's it. I just did it. It's okay. Jeff Van Gundy still says Giannis, so, you know, you know it's, it's okay. Uh, 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 the I Warriors need to draft that. Kenny Lofton Jr. That's what they need to get. They need somebody who can get down low in a post. Uh, yeah, baby. you can do that. <laughs> he can definitely do that. Uh, hey, what, what, what's your rule? Th- whenever I see him, I think Oh, a lot, a lot of potential. A lot of potential. He's a young guy, so we won't say it, but something is potential in disguise. Something is potential in disguise. Slater, right did there. you give your picks, by the way? Who are you taking to seven? Who would you say? Again, I, I've said this in other places. Every time I watch Mitchell, he's just he just is doing things that other guys on the court aren't. And I just maybe I'm thinking too much on, on, with a brain about next season and the season after. No, this is what we want. There's no stat. You're just giving a it's just a take on the play. This is the vibe. On another part, I, I basically JTA forced his way into the rotation last season because he just got on the court and he just did shit. And it was like, oh, you know, he's out there. He, he stripped somebody on the wing. He he flew in for this rebound. He hit a three, even though the percentages say he shouldn't hit threes. He made the he right made backdoor cut. cut. He made yeah. a cut. Yep. And it was like, well, you know, it's, he kept not being in the rotation, but it was like every time Steve Kerr put him out there because he was with TK hating the whole time, by the way. <laughs> with TK, with, the whole with, time. with, with <laughs> TK saying he shouldn't be. No, but now it's to the point that like Steve Kerr on the interview I said the other day, he's like he basically has made himself into a perfect rotation player for them. Davion Mitchell is like the guard version of that essentially with you know some offensive upside that i think is being undervalued and the speed package that he has which i i I don't think people can 
grasp yet how actually fast and explosive he is. The flop package he has. Well, guess what? You know, there's some good players out there with the flop package. <laughs> Kyle Lowry, Marcus Smart got a flop. Yeah, well, there you go. I, just, I still just think that, I mean, I know what you, I know the prompt was, like, if they can't find a trade. If Kuminga falls to seven, they should be able to trade down. Whether it's Sacramento, New Orleans, Charlotte, and you get Davion, yeah, or get a player, you know, get a player, yeah, my, you know, if someone really loves Kaminga, you might be able to get a player with that. That's what I'm saying. Like you, you should be able to, and then get down and take. I don't, I wouldn't. That would be rather ideal if you could get a player, trade down, get Davion, and then still have 14. You at least got a nice little bounty to to work with. Come to I think you can say tell the Kings, hey. Jump up two spots, get Kaminga. We'll take your first round pick next season. With Kaminga, you're probably going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, so. <laughs> y'all straight, man. Come on, y'all good. You got Halliburton. You ready? Yeah, like I'd probably like that a 25th pick. pick. And you know what? You we'll put Pascal in the deal. You give us next year's number one. It'd be great. It'd be perfect. Well, everybody, everybody, wonderful. We'll protect well, it. One thing, I, I was, I was watching. By the way, here's another slightly different topic. I'm watching TV. I was saying Keldon Johnson just steps into this lineup. And cuts and deflects and gets buckets and you know who I'm thinking of? I'm thinking that's Moses JTA. Moody. No, I'm Moses thinking that's JTA. Moody. Like like just somebody who knows how to play basketball in the system. Like it's all it takes is length, you know, it's physical ability, but just like when to make the cut, and you when to stick go to yeah. shot. You got well, to stick to yeah, Absolutely, shot. absolutely. I mean, especially on that team, but like that's where the Warriors are looking for you know they thought they had that with Jacob Evans I keep going back to that one and they really didn't but they are they're looking for specific talent that can help them you know lengthen out the rotation and that's why I think they have some advantage especially at 14 just that's why I don't I wouldn't trade 14 if I'm them I think you have real value at 14 seven and not so much value you gotta you gotta make the right pick but at 14, you have some interesting options. And I think it might be Davian Mitchell at 14. I think it might be Kispert at 14. I think it might be Duarte at 14. I think they might have a choice between two of those guys at 14. Uh, and that's a pretty good place to be. No doubt. Do we want to get into the KD stuff? Yeah, uh, Ethan, uh, I... Kevin Durant is name-dropping you on Twitter. Uh, do you have a response for him? He will probably what, be What were your surge sales? How, how did yeah. your sales go up? <laughs> I didn't even check that. I assumed something good happened as a result of more publicity. That's all I do. I, I got texted by you. I got texted by other friends that he was uh, calling me out by name. And when that happens, all I do is just tweet out the link to the book because what more can you say? It gets so deep internet. My, my understanding of what happened, for those who do, do not know, who are listening, who are not on Twitter and everywhere else. So correct me if this is wrong. Andy Liu was saying something, Warriors Twitter extraordinary, Andy Liu was saying something about how Warriors fans would treat Damian Lillard and how it wouldn't be like what happened with KD. And then KD was shooting back at Andy Liu. And then it turned into this back and forth with Warriors fans. He criticized me for getting into people's heads that he was jealous of Steph. And then he went on Spaces, which is like Clubhouse, but it's the Twitter version, and argued with Warriors fans for like uh, half an hour. Is that pretty much what happened? Is Am I missing anything? I didn't follow the whole thing, but yeah. I, think that's <laughs> I didn't happened. hear I didn't yeah, hear. Yeah, but yeah. I, was it arguing, or they were just peppering them with questions? It was a combination. I think it was a combination, yeah. That's the and thing. I don't know. I, I, it wasn't like, and what I saw, I mean, he didn't obviously didn't love 
the assumptions people make by reading your book, but the acknowledgement of, of a book that's written by Ethan Strauss and all correctly laid out is not terrible by Kevin Durant. And, you know, in this world where your book is a definitive milestone or, you know, we're a sign brainwashing, people, we're yeah, in brainwashing that, the masses. That is, that is also true. And like a Pied uh, Piper, you know, nobody's saying it's all wrong. It's all terrible. It's just saying it's, it's just part of the record. And that's not a bad place to be. And, you know, Kevin's going to have complaints about a lot of different things. That's fine. He's 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 a person who has feelings and has reacts to the way people think and write and say. But. Maybe he's perpetuating it here a little bit, I would Perhaps. say. Yeah, maybe he's, he's making more of us. We wouldn't be talking about this unless he was doing it. But that's his choice, his, his option. He can keep, he can he keep did, doing it. He this. did this in the, the years after in Oklahoma City. He, he kept the storylines going, including, obviously, everyone remembers the Burner account story. But, uh, I mean, he did it too much, really. I mean, like people would stop talking about Oklahoma City, and then he would do something that would – you know, re-rage the debate for two days. He framed it as jealous of Steph. I, from my memory, what he would complain about to me, to other media people, was more the sense that we were puffing up Steph at his expense. That was that was uh, one of the things. But, I mean, there's just this pattern to it where he was also frustrated with the amount of a claim that LeBron was getting after the finals. And that was a big thing. And that's just not me saying it or my book saying it. It's also Steve Kerr in an interview saying it. It's Draymond Green on all the smoke saying it. So that happened. And, you know, we remember he went hard at Kendrick Perkins when Kendrick Perkins said that Westbrook was Mr. Thunder and had a big blow up with him over that. Jay Williams said that he never wanted to be compared to Giannis, uh, and he said that on TV, and then Durant said, that's a lie, I never said it. There was also the situation with being frustrated that Warriors fans loved Mo Spates so much. So this is kind of, at, at a certain point, I, I, I do think when you see certain aggregators seize on one of these, there isn't like a sense of the track record that, look, all these stories can't be wrong. It would be crazy if he was the only guy in the league who had a bunch of stories like this and they were just all mythical. So first of I, all, he's it, right. He's right about space. First of all, <laughs> let's point that out. Uh, the Warriors fans yeah. love loves it. Loves space. So, so space isn't the only one who, who whose love of mystifies me. But also, <laughs> uh, you know what? Like this. This is like what I think is the weird thing is everyone now wants to say, this is why he left the Warriors. This right here, this is specifically the reason why he left the Warriors. He left the Warriors because of the same reason he went to the Warriors. He's a wandering spirit. He is somebody who's searching for things, and he's a great player that will always have options. I think he's the best player in the league. I think he is, too. I thought you were about to say GOAT. I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be quite, that would yeah. be, God, it would be he very is, interesting. He is, like, when you have all these options, and he certainly has given himself all these options, and you aren't sure that other people have a lot of options. I think we can think of number 30 uh, for the Warriors, and they don't approach it the same way, but that's a different personality. Kevin just is someone who is looking for things. He's searching for things. He's, I think we all think he's really intelligent. He's really you know, entertaining to talk to. I love talking. I talk to him more than any player, I think, on the Warriors for his years there. Uh, at, at the end, it wasn't very nice things that he had to say to me, but that's okay. But but that's he's, he's just a searching. He's a searching personality, and that's what led him away from Oklahoma to the Warriors and led him away from the Warriors to the Nets. And I just think all these things add up to that. 
even that's an interesting quality of his personality wise where he has said awful things to you he has basically called me a liar in public and tried to destroy my credibility and neither of us dislike him and his teammates didn't dislike him either even if he was putting them through all of this crazy drama there is something interesting about that how he's just got something to him where whatever's happening you don't come away from it going oh this is a bad guy like that's just not that's legitimately yeah he is searching for things you know myers loves him still loves him and i think bob's pretty good you know bob's a really he's a nicer guy than me and you ethan so that's a whole other probably probably true but he isn't he doesn't have wrong takes on people he knows and he really really still likes durant and and that means something to me uh and a lot of things mean something to me you know and so this is just part of a of a personality that is always looking for things and changes his mind sometimes and and because he has constant options because he can always go somewhere else because he will be rewarded no matter what he does because he's so fucking good then that's going to happen he's going to go through different things and everything he says is going to be analyzed and scrutinized and diced up and i think he kind of likes it i do want to say one thing about it because someone might wonder why even talk about this what's the point he doesn't want this conception of himself out there he prefers this idea of i just love to hoop you know i just love the game this isn't even how i think this isn't a part of things well it's because one of the main things that obsesses people is greatness how does it happen you think of all the stories of michael jordan how did he become michael jordan it's something people want to know they want to replicate some of it in their own life or they just want an understanding of how it happens, of how a prodigy happens. And it seems like, and it's just one component, it's not the main reason, but that desire, that burning desire of his to be considered the best and be agreed upon as the best seems to be a component to his actually getting there. And that is one of the reasons- You mean his relentless pursuit to be the greatest? Is that what you mean? I do mean his relentless pursuit well, I would say to be considered the great, uh, greatest, which is <laughs> slight, slightly different. But yes, is rela- excellent plug. You're so good at that. Well, the Warriors are on the search for their next Kevin Durant. Boom! Nine days from now, will it be Moses Moody? Will it be Chris Duarte? The goat Chris Duarte. Corey will Gispert. Jalen Johnson out of Duke. It's like a Slater times Howard Cosell thing, and I kind of love it right there. I, I love that. That was my rap voice. I was trying to... You know, wrapping. The you were wrap trying to up. wrap it up. Wrap we it have up. live. We have lives to lead, and you know, we got. Yes, yes, yes. So draft about nine days away. I believe we will do one like two days out from the draft, which will it'll really feel like uh, go time. And not only that, I think free agency is like two or three days after that. Summer league in early August, which which Ethan set up as maybe the most influential summer league in Warriors of all time, of ever, all time. ever, ever. Um, so it should be fun. That Rick Barry summer league was probably more important, but you know, mm. look. Anthony, <laughs> let's face it, it's the Anthony Randolph summer league. Anthony, Anthony Randolph and, and Morrow, right? Anthony Morrow. Anthony, Anthony Morrow. Morrow. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that was big. That was big. All right. All right. Well, we will talk to you next week. See ya. Anthony, you know me well, buddy. I have a great night.